Welcome to Women in Customer Success podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Vitaly, the all-in-one customer success platform. Take a qualified demo with the Vitaly team and get a free pair of AirPods. Vitaly maximizes the productivity, visibility, and collaboration of your customer success team, helping to increase NRR and streamline operations. With Vitaly, your team can focus on the tasks and work that matter, while powerful automation takes care of the routine stuff. See why Vitaly is trusted by leading B2B customer success teams. Visit vitaly.io slash women today to schedule your demo and get your AirPods. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Women in Customer Success podcast. Today, it is just so amazing that I can welcome again Shanta Boron to the podcast. Shanta, welcome back. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Okay, Shanta, we recorded, uh, well, almost three years ago. You can listen to Shanta's episode number eight, where we spoke all about transferable skills from human resources into customer success, because Shanta comes from that background and she was giving just wonderful advice for everybody who wanted to transition. At the moment, Shanta, I know you will tell us more about it, but you are a director of customer experience for Tailspin. Now, maybe we start with this. What changed in the meanwhile in the last three years? Where are you at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So previously I was working for Supply Shift, which was an organization that was focused on helping other organizations find out who was in their supply chain and then how sustainable that was, which was really important to me personally. And, you know, part of my career throughout my, my different roles in human resources and also in customer success is really finding something that aligns with my personal passions and what I find interesting. Supply Shift was wonderful, moved on since then to a different type of industry. So currently I work for Tailspin. Tailspin is a leader in immersive soft skills training for enterprise companies. So I'm working with both virtual reality training and also streaming training. And we offer a no-code virtual reality content creation tool as well as off-the-shelf content. So really aligns well with my <laughs> HR background. Soft skills training is obviously something that is a very transferable skill in customer success and is really important to me personally as well. So that's kind of where I've found a, a new happy home. Excellent. Well, thanks for giving us that breakdown. I just wanted to share how I am thrilled to see how much development the whole industry has gone through in the last few years. Because when we spoke about transferable skills and just entering customer success from HR, it was one of the you know very first conversations of that type of entering from very non-traditional background. And since then, I can see, well, you can see as well, there is just constant, constant conversations about how every background is really, really great for customer success for so many different reasons and mostly for transferable skills. So it's great to see that we moved along really in a good and positive direction. Shanta, there is so much that we want to cover today. We have to treat the audience a bit. I think that there are so many interesting things about you that I would like the audience to hear from you today. Let's start with one interesting. Where are you based physically? I'm based right now in Santa Cruz, California. So about an hour and 15 south of San Francisco. Lovely. Now, are you an introvert or extrovert? 
Definitely an introvert. <laughs> it's kind of funny based in, in my current role and of course in all of customer success, how often we talk with other people, but definitely an introvert. I get my energy from, you know, kind of boring things like reading and playing video <laughs> games. And then, and then I'm able to really recharge and really speak with customers, lead the teams in a way that is really rested and positive. Well, it's important to understand where do you get the energy from. And Shanta, where did you travel last? Last, I was in Kauai, mm -hmm. the garden island of Hawaii. Yes, it was beautiful. My partner and I spent a week there just relaxing, seeing the sights. So we took a helicopter ride. It's a beautiful island. Oh my gosh, that sounds fantastic. Okay, Shanta, and last of the rapid fire questions. Now you have to tell the audience, what is your pet situation at home? <laughs> I, I can see so we, things behind you. <laughs> you can see them, yes. So we have many pets. We have two dogs, which you cannot see in this room. But right behind me, I have a Australian water dragon. And we also have another lizard, a leopard gecko, and three snakes, and one praying mantis who you can see over here. So <laughs> we have many pets. <laughs> Do you take out the snakes and pet them? Oh, yes, definitely. They're all very tame. They're definitely house animals. And my dogs, though descended from wolves, are very much couch dogs. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. That's really impressive. Okay, Shanta. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. I have a special <laughs> conversation with you today. It turns out that both you and I, and surely so many of the audience, especially through the last few months, we came across people either in our teams, people in our companies, our former co-workers, friends, anybody. We came across so many people who have been affected by layoffs. And for me, it's really interesting because a year ago, the whole movement started and it was going in waves. And you always think in a way, okay, you know, it's happening to somebody else they will be fine. And you're trying to help out people. But in general, very often, there's nothing much you can do. But it seems now that it's becoming so common that majority of the people that you know, sometimes are just impacted. So tell me more about your situation. As I mentioned, like so many people reach out to me during the summer saying they're, they have been laid off. And uh, I was just trying to put a little bit of spotlight through the women in customer success. But at the end, it's it, you know, if there is no enough jobs, you can't actively help out in other ways. So what have been your situations among your friends? Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. And, you know, similar to you, I've had so many folks reach out that were impacted. I went to lunch recently with a group of friends and four out of six of us that worked in tech had been laid off. Wow. And, you know, I can, yeah. And I, I can count, you know, so many others that have been impacted recently as well. And, you know, part of what I like to contribute to the community is, you know, how can we think about these things in times of adversity and be able to overcome them? What I was really thinking about and, and what I wanted to help share with people is how to be more resilient during times of change and times in adversity. And so this is definitely something that I think is resonating with a lot of folks right now and something that a lot of people are thinking about. Okay, so when we break it down, when someone someone has been laid off, there is so many different emotions and different 
really roller coaster of emotions and worries and anxiety that they are going through from thinking that they are less than or less worth because they are the ones impacted, you know, not everybody are impacted to really almost becoming anxious about what is tomorrow? How will I pay the bills? Are there jobs for me there? Do I need to change the career? Do I need to do something else? So if we break it down, maybe you can share with us how to think about layoffs in general, like how to try to Is it even possible to try to remove yourself and your personality from the actual economic event? Because at the end of the day, it is economic event for companies. Right. And I think it's really natural for that fear to set in, that uncertainty during times of change. And it's helpful, I think, to kind of frame up what's going on as something external because largely it, it is external, right? So it's, it's easy, I think, for a CSM or folks that are impacted in customer-facing roles to internalize that layoff. If I had just done something differently, you know, if I had tried something different with customers, maybe we would be in a different situation. I think that in many cases, the reality is that there's external factors and external decisions that really drive these changes, right? So it could be environmental factors such as the economy. It could be being in a specific industry. I love startups. I've made a career being in startups. And with that comes kind of inherent instability. But now we're seeing that even large companies that are relatively stable are being affected. That can be from a variety of different reasons. And it can even be by decisions that have been made by others within the organization that have led us down this path, right? So I think that being able to frame up what's going on as something external is really key and being able to have that resilient mindset and then really understanding what you can control and what you can't control. And making sure that you're not internalizing what you can't control. So really understanding your worth and knowing how you contribute in a general way, not necessarily to one organization, but to your profession and to yourself and being able to carry that with you from company to company, I think is, is really important to keep in mind. Sushanta, so when you say resilient mindset, how would you describe it? Like, what is this description of resilient mindset that then maybe you can help us with some steps? Like, what should somebody do to already start building that resilient mindset, as you said, so we don't wait for the situation of adversity, but we can just start already building the skills? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think the resilient mindset in self is kind of almost the opposite of imposter syndrome, right? It's more of having a growth mindset and a capability mindset. And, you know, ways that I've helped cultivate that both for myself and then within others with the folks that I've mentored and, and have spoken with over the years are a few things. The first one I would say is the value of, of networking. So discussions like this that you and I are having and being able to be part of the women and customer success community, I, I would definitely count that as a, a key part. And I would also say, you know, for folks that are just starting out with networking or are worried about the amount of time that it takes, I would say that networking consistently is more important than really having that networking built in constantly into what you're doing. So just blocking off even a half hour a week to network with folks would be really important. And I would also say just to start small. So joining Slack groups is a great way to start out. It's something that is always there for you when you have the time for it. 
And you can join in the conversation about posting about your own experiences. You can ask questions and just join different conversations from that perspective. If folks aren't sure about what Slack groups to join, anyone is more than welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Obviously, the Women Customer Success Slack group has been very important to me over the years. Gainsight Chat's also great. There's Customer Success Collective. There's Women in Revenue. There's so many that are out there that are available for folks to take advantage of. This is really amazing call out because firstly, there is so many, maybe even too many options for some and then they feel (laughs) overwhelmed by the choice and decide to do nothing. But I like, as you said, start, (laughs) start small. So it's interesting you say network consistently and not constantly. So when you say join the Slack groups or even, you know, reach out to somebody on LinkedIn, what would be those good first steps? How to take part in the conversation? Like, If somebody is not sure whether they should ask a question or whether they should respond to somebody, like what is a very kind of low, low risk, let's say emotionally low risk activity to get started with networking? I think just reaching out to peers is a great first step. There's kind of inherent shared experience that you and another peer might have. And a way to foster that communication would just be to look for somebody that's within your industry or an adjacent industry or an industry that you're interested in and just ask them questions or ask even for a 15-minute conversation that's really low risk. Um, You can connect virtually, as many of us are these days. And then another way to do that would be just to attend meetups. And if you can in person. So I know this is a hard one for folks that have social anxiety. As an introvert, I do too. <laughs> but I would say, you know, as as these things go, customer success groups and customer facing groups and meetups are very welcoming. We're a very, you know, helpful bunch, I think. And it's a it's a very low risk and easy conversation to join because it's an experience that you have. All of us have these kind of shared points of knowledge that we can discuss together. So that's where I would recommend starting. Let's just start small. You know, even a half hour a week is better than being overwhelmed and not putting that time into it and just doing that every single week and then start small and start virtual and kind of build that out over time and be consistent. So this is really great. Like 30 minutes a week is really not long and you can make a big difference to your professional life. But I so much like when you said 15 minutes, you know, give somebody a call. I think if folks would decide to, you know, have every week one, only one 15 minutes conversation with somebody else from the industry, hey, in a quarter, how many? That's like 12 new people that you get to know at least a little bit and you share your experiences and how much resilient you can become just by sharing little snippets of your experience with somebody who is in similar situation, right? And especially not even saying if you have been affected by layoffs, then it's even more important just to kind of connect with others and understand that you're not alone in this, right? There is the whole support system. But I really love that like 15 minutes a week, that's nothing. And in a quarter, you have 12 new friends. It's huge. Yeah. It's And the impact of that, I mean, growing your network from just those quick conversations and the learning that you can drive from those quick conversations is really exponential. That's excellent. Well, thank you, Shanta, for sharing that. So let's remember, network consistently and not constantly and start really, really small. Okay, we are building the resilient mindset. So networking is one part of it. 
how else can we become resilient now, even if we are in a pretty okayish position before the economic downturn hit us personally? What else? One important aspect of being in the customer success and customer experience community is, you know, looking for both mentorship opportunities and also coaching opportunities. And this kind of goes both ways, right? So I was one of the mentors for the women in, in customer success group when that first founded. I've also been a mentor for Built by Girls. And it's been really rewarding to have those conversations because as I am a mentor, I also learn so much from the folks that are my mentees. It really is truly a two-way street. And I also have a mentor as well who's taught me invaluable things in areas of customer success in the past. And being in startups, for me, that's really important because usually I have a small team and we're just kind of going it alone by ourselves um, with, in sometimes context and, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're the trailblazers. And so it's really helpful to find others that have done what you've done before and be able to rely on that collective knowledge that we have in customer success as a group, as a community. And so being able to look for those types of opportunities, I think is, is really key on both sides, in addition to having kind of those peer conversations that you're having on, on the networking side as well. Okay, so this is a great call out. And I need to say, I mean, we both have experienced collective customer success global community of being just so generous with their time and so many people are really really happy to mentor others now let's just break it down a bit what would be the actual difference between reaching out to somebody for networking and reaching out to somebody for mentoring so if you want to find a mentor how should you approach it how should you start building that relationship yeah, absolutely. It kind of goes in a few different ways. I, I've had this kind of shape up for me in a couple different ways too. So I've had folks that I've kind of mentored on an ad hoc basis. So for example, they're just looking for help with a specific problem that they're trying to solve. And then that kind of grows into something that's more long-term. And I would look at those two things like networking is, is a little bit more, I would say, casual. You may be talking at one point in time, Mentorship, I look as a different connection and that is typically for a defined period of time or a longer period of time. And while you also want to focus on some specific attributes that, you know, the mentee would like to grow, I usually see these grow into a lot of different topics ranging from things like imposter syndrome, which I will tell you is the most common thing that I discuss with folks across the board. It's a very shared human experience, especially for women, I think. And then, you know, that could be something that we discuss. And then we get more specific into things like, for example, account planning or, you know, playbooks or have you created a playbook for this situation? And then it comes into more kind of tangible sharing of materials. But I would say that network is a more kind of casual conversation and getting to know you and having those types of relationships. And then mentorship is, is really more focused in specific skills. Thanks for that clarification. I would like to encourage everyone, really, if you don't have a mentor already, just try to reach out to others, like to somebody whom you either admire, somebody you heard on an event, conference, webinar. And it can be, you know, people for different skills, right? If, if you like how somebody is, let's say, has, bit, has built their brand, go and reach out to them for that particular purpose. Reach out to somebody else for playbooks if somebody is talking constantly about you know, strategy or, or tangible aspects of your profession. So, so feel free to reach out to multiple people. You can gain so much. 
I'm really glad that you're calling out mentoring because in a way it is so simple just to reach out to somebody and you can gain so many benefits. One of my first mentors like a few years ago that I had in customer success, she is the one that I can go to today as well, anytime, you know, day or night and ask the question or just say, please, can we jump on a call? Even if we wouldn't speak for maybe the whole year or more. And I agree with you, there is some special almost power in that mentoring relationship because it is very voluntary for both sides. You both are intentionally investing their time very unselfishly, right? It's really recognizing that giving and receiving, like the reciprocity of it. That's a great point. And I I really love that you bring up the fact that you can just kind of reach out to somebody for mentorship. You know, I I think that there are more formal programs that some folks have put in place, and it's great to have that space. But I know that there's a lot of folks out there that may not be aware of a formal program that may still be interested in mentorship. And it never hurts to just ask and just try, right? You know, you're not sure what the other person may have going on in their personal life. You know, maybe it's not the right time for them, but maybe it is. And maybe they're looking for that type of opportunity too. You know, it's a two-way street and I would always encourage folks to just try and ask. Shanta, this is wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing with us really the building blocks of building a resilient mindset. So if I remember just to recap, it's really understanding your worth, like regardless of your position and current company that you're working for, then network consistently, not constantly. Look for opportunities for learning and being involved in mentoring relationship. Is there anything else that you also feel it's so important for building resilience now before the times of adversity? I would say one important aspect of being confident and building relationships and building resilience is really practicing soft skills. So, you know, learning to listen, being articulate, being able to speak in a group setting, Um, Just really honing those aspects of listening and of soft skills that are applicable both in your professional life and in your personal life. With my HR background, this has always been something that this is, you know, very important to me to help build with my team. And I think it's really important for all of us in customer facing roles because we do this constantly, right? We're managing tough situations. We're breaking down complex concepts to customers. And we're really kind of like that translator, right? For a lot of the organization and, and bringing in some of that information to our internal teams. And so being able to hone that skill for other types of situations is really key. And it's just, it's lifelong skills that will just help set you up for success in so many different areas and and really gives you that confidence and that you can handle these situations, these tough conversations when they come your way. That's really great call out. I know some of the CSMs that I know as the best CSMs really have that ability to almost being zen, being calm when those situations happen, right? Because they're constantly happening. And it's also having that resilient mind in those situations, like putting yourself above the actual emotions or situation and trying to see logically almost what is the issue, what is happening, and how can you make other person at ease, but also try to solution and, and, and start problem solving. So thank you for calling that out. What would you say? How could CSMs put themselves in those situations to practice those skills? Where can they learn it? Like sometimes it is, it's almost a natural ability, right? What would you advise? 
Yeah, you know, in some cases, it just takes, for example, you know, as we discussed before, going out and doing those networking activities, going out and meeting with people in customer success and having those conversations. That's a good place to start. So some of these things kind of intertwine and and you can leverage them in different areas, right? And then other things that I would recommend are obviously there's on the job training that we all are involved in every day. If you have the opportunity to work on a project that has higher visibility, for example, and requires you to present something, that would be a great opportunity as well. There's also a wide variety of resources on the internet that you can look for. So many different types of training, Coursera, for example. And so, you know, working at at Telspin in immersive VR training for soft skills, this is something that's really important to us is being able to practice that in real time. So just being able to have those connections and really be able to practice them is really key. Excellent, Shanta. Thank you for that reminder. It also goes hand in hand with building that resilience within yourself, like knowing those skills, having it almost in your toolkit and understanding that that's something that you are always having with you in your career and you're always going to develop them. And when external factors or negative factors happen, you know your worth because you invested time into all of those activities and learning and networking. Shanta, what would be a book that you found really, really useful in your career that you could recommend? Crucial Conversations is a fantastic book. I highly recommend it, especially for things like honing soft skills. Wonderful. Shanta, as we mentioned, unfortunately, so many people have been impacted by layoffs and people are in the job market looking for their next roles. But also, on another hand, there are so many people who are pretty secure maybe in their roles, or at least they have that sense of security. And without thinking or without being negative, but, you know, we never know what future may bring. And there could be just loads of different situations uh, that we can't influence. What would be your advice for being prepared for any type of adversity or any type of, you know, challenging situations that we can't control at all? I love this question because I've worked in startups for pretty much almost my entire career with a couple outliers, but startups have that certain element of uncertainty and change always happening. And I really thrive in that space, but not everybody does. And and that's okay, right? I think that, you know, with recent events, a lot of us have had to learn how to thrive there. And I kind of expect that to be the norm moving forward, right? You know, a lot of us are going to experience change in our lives, whether it's kind of imposed on us or that if we drive that. And so, you know, inherent instability is is just a fact you can't control. You can control how you approach it. And so, you know, a lot of what we've discussed today is how to build that mindset of being okay with you still being in the driver's seat for things that you can change and accepting the things that you can't with the grace and ability to say, this is an external factor, but I can control my internal one. So I hope that some of the takeaways today will help folks be more confident in themselves and be able to take these skills and attributes with them for any company that they work for, not necessarily the one that they work for today, but for their life. Thank you for wonderful advice. Definitely no one ever can take away those skills and abilities that you build throughout your careers. So that is always staying with you and it's your biggest asset. Shanta, thank you so much for joining me today. As we are wrapping up, I would like to end with one cool question as well. Tell me what would be one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? And it's not 
Your pets. <laughs> <laughs> the pets is a big one. <laughs> we have a lot of those. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I think in my personal life, like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm kind of boring. I just kind of like to read and play video games and I'm an introvert. <laughs> and then in my professional life, I love working in startups. I'm a risk taker. I love trying new things. And so I, I think those kind of polar opposites of things are what surprises people on either end of the spectrum and in which way they know me. <laughs> but I find balance in both of those. They kind of work for me in, in synergy. So what's your favorite video game? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Legacy. So many, but right now I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy and Tears of the Kingdom. Both of those are so good. Lovely. They sound awesome. I have no idea. Uh, I may just <laughs> I, may, I may just look them up. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Shanta, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing so many awesome advice about building resilience. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Next week, new episode. Subscribe to the podcast and connect with me on LinkedIn so you're up to date with all the new episodes and the content I'm curating for you. Have a great day and talk to you soon.